Hello and welcome to another edition of How You Quickfire. I'm your host, Gian Anaman, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on episodes 5 and 6 to The King, Eternal Monarch. But before I go on to talk about episodes 5 and 6, I think I should mention that um, just looking back at the previous episode of How You Quickfire, I missed out on a lot of things. <laughs> like, uh, I like listening back, like, I made the conscious decision of not mentioning like the small aspects that were going on in this drama and upon further review i kind of admit that that's kind of a bad idea considering how this drama has turned out to be so far so apologies for that um i'm gonna make sure i account for more of the key aspects of each episode so be on the lookout for that for future reactions to this drama but before we get into that, if you like the show and you enjoy the work being produced on this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and give this podcast a fantastic rating on your podcast platform. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, pretty much any any podcast platform that you can think of. Uh, your support will help a, t- help a ton with this podcast and it will hopefully over time help this podcast grow and honestly who knows what will happen then but anyway let's get on to my thoughts on these two episodes and we begin with episode 5 and it picks right off from episode 4 where we see Taeul and Lee basically in the kingdom of Korea and you know honestly this looking this going through this episode story wise not much really happens um I mean, honestly, if there was a title for this episode, it would probably be called Taeyeol Gets Reverse Culture Shock by ex- Exploring the Kingdom of Korea because this is basically this episode. She gets tons of reverse culture shock from just all the things that we see in the Kingdom of Korea. And yeah, that's basically it. And also, Taeyeol also realizes that Young, who is Lee's probably closest friend and bodyguard is also Yunsup in her universe and she sees more and more connections between the people that she knows in her own universe and the people that we see in the Kingdom of Korea and yeah um and then and then there's the kiss scene <laughs> right um I I was actually gonna talk about this scene like later in this podcast but i feel like i kind of have to talk about it now um yeah i mean look i i've seen some kiss scenes in k-dramas before this one is oh man i mean i feel like i feel like i have to admit that i haven't seen that many k-dramas like compared to other people but uh this kiss i mean I get it's supposed to be romantic between Lee and Taeul, but it's so awkward. And like, yeah, let's be honest, it's it's a super awkward kiss. Like, first off, like Taeul, it like the whole when the kiss happens, it's like Taeul is basically caught completely off guard. <laughs> like, um, it. I feel like it's. I wouldn't say it was like one of those kisses where it's like completely unwanted and is basically harassment because it wasn't like that she she like complained about it 
afterwards. But still, I mean, it was really awkward to watch. I get like I was like personally surprised that Lee just went for such a direct approach because look we we know that he's basically in love with Taeyeol even though Taeyeol doesn't really feel the same way really like even though she kind of took this kiss and just kind of this went on with it but yeah <laughs> I mean it's quite funny really like i i can totally see why like this kiss was thrown in because it will probably make a lot of people swoon and oh oh that's adorable and yeah but besides that we basically see more of lee's life as king in the kingdom of korea and tae really gets to basically disguise herself as part of his security detail and we see him do kingly things and i think this really helps tear because this probably helps her understand just what lee is <laughs> like what's his job because you know based on what she knows so far all she knows is that she lee is from a different universe and that's it like even understandably she was quite skeptical of what Lee's job actually is so for her to basically be a part of his security detail along with Young allows in a way for Lee to basically prove himself in front of Taeyeol as the king that he actually is which from a story perspective I'm really glad that this development has come in into the story I mean we can talk about like the pacing of the story later as it's quite slow still but like this in terms of the relationship between Taeyeol and Lee, I think we could say for the first four episodes, I mean the chemistry isn't hasn't exactly been there, if you know what I mean. Like I think for a lot of people watching this drama, I mean, I would totally understand if you feel like there's just no chemistry going on because all you really do see for the first four episodes is Taeyeol bickering at Lee because she thinks he's crazy which to be fair to Taeyeol she's well in her rights to believe that considering her perspective on that situation but I'm glad that 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 whole thing is kind of behind us now as Taeyeol understands that there's two different universes now so I'm really glad on that front that the story has kind of advanced well beyond you know the very very awkward get to know you phase of who are you and where are you from and I'm quite glad that we're moving past that and hopefully we the I mean at least the relationship between Taeyeol and Lee blossoms into the romance that I'm sure a lot of us are expecting as this is a K-drama and we come for the romances. It's what we're all here for to be totally honest so let's see if it develops more. Oh I should also mention that Taeyeol also has the opportunity to freely travel around the kingdom of Korea and I mean to be honest this part was really interesting as well as we basically get to see the parallels of how different the Republic of Korea and Kingdom of Korea actually is and we see Taeyeol try to visit her workplace so the train not the train station but the police station we also see her try to find her family as well but I don't think she realizes that her actual family in the Kingdom of Korea are probably individuals under different names so that's probably going to be really difficult for her to find her actual family and yeah um there was also another bit where 
at the Seoul train station actually, um, unbeknownst to Taeyeol, he's she's actually being shadowed by Young the whole time. But we do find the two criminals that Young arrested. Remember back at the uh, boat race incident, I think. I was either episode two or three, probably two. But they mentioned that they recognized Taeyeol, and it turns out to be Luna. And if you rem- if you forgot already, uh, Luna is actually that person um, who was in the bunny hoodie back during the train, not the train, but the during the boat race incident, which basically caused Lee to basically go on this massive adventure of moving through universes. And you know, Young is very intrigued by this, and Young tried to get Taeyu's fingerprints identified through the. Kingdom of Korea's database, only to find out that Taeyeol's fingerprints do not match at all. So it'll be really interesting to see just who Luna is, because honestly, like we've already seen Luna before. Like literally in the first episode, we do see like a quick like jump scare of her in the back of Taeyeol's car before Taeyeol first meets Lee. But it'll be really interesting to see who she actually is, because. I thought for a long while that Luna was actually Taeyeol, and to be honest, I still kind of believe that now, as the criminals think that Taeyeol is Luna. But perhaps Luna might be someone else, just based on the fact that there's no DNA found from Taeyeol that could be linked to Luna. So it'll be really interesting. Either that or um, Taeyeol's counterpart in the Kingdom of Korea is like a complete rogue who has no records of anything of her identity at all. So if that turns out to be the case, that'll be really interesting as well because she, Luna anyway, is still quite a unknown character because we still don't really know who she is. Like even her motives, like we still have no idea about that either. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Other than that, we do see Lee Lim continue his plan of basically building his army of doppelgangers in the Republic of Korea to replace the same individuals in the Kingdom of Korea to act as his own personal army in his fight to take over. And let's be honest, he's going to kill Lee Gon and finish the job that he did 25 years ago. Honestly, I'm... <laughs> I mean, just being truthful, I'm more intrigued by Lee Lim and what he's gonna do more than the romance that is going on between Taeyeol and Lee, to be totally honest. Like, just the way that they portray Lim, he's so... He has such a scary demeanor. He's like... He's someone who will not take any... Like, any abuse at all. Like, he's such a cold-hearted cold-minded person just just from the way he just acts towards other people especially the people that he is going to recruit is definitely genuinely really scary and i do really want to see what is going to happen when he eventually enacts his plan because that's that's going to happen eventually and i do want to see how that is going to play out um prime minister ku also gets to meet taeul for the first time after, ironically enough, Taeul runs out of money while freely exploring the Kingdom of Korea, and Lee, being the good, good man he is, 
comes in with his royal helicopter to pick her up. And, <laughs> you know, that, that moment is really, I, it's kind of funny in a way because, you know, the, the roles are kind of reversed here, which is quite funny, and the episode ends. Overall, this episode is, again, as I mentioned in the beginning, very slow. Like, the story in terms of what's happening, not much really happens. We do get lots of backstory, however, and we do also continue to see more of the world building that this drama is continuing to establish. I mean, and honestly, like, aside from the villains and, like, Luna and those aspects of this drama, I'm also, like... I'm like digging the world building right now because it's so interesting. Like honestly, like we still don't really know enough about the Kingdom of Korea and as we see in the next episode, we find out a little bit more, especially more on the political side. Episode 6 begins on a more drastic note as we find Lee, along with the rest of the Korean government, facing a potential military conflict between the Japanese. As we, it's actually hinted a little bit in episode 5, we find that uh, the Korean Navy was helping some Chinese fishermen who were lost in the East Sea. But the Japanese claim that the Korean ships that were sent to help the Chinese were actually using their radar to take advantage of some Japanese of Japanese ships in the area, which prompted them to basically sail towards Korean territory, in particular the islands of Dokdo, which in this drama are this part of the Kingdom of Korea. And to interject a little bit, in real life, these islands are actually disputed by both Korea and Japan. So it's a historical point of conflict between both countries. And if you actually don't really follow current events, um, Korea and Japan in terms of relations are not exactly in a good place right now. Um, even with all, even with, with, with all that is going on, um, relations are, to put it bluntly, abysmal. It's really bad. So seeing this unfold in a drama like The King isn't really that surprising like um i i find like if especially in historical dramas or something that on that kind of scale um if there's like an opportunity to show the japanese as enemies or like you know something of that sort k dramas tend to reflect on that they'll put that in like uh, another drama that comes to mind is Mr. Sunshine, which actually, like, we see that be a massive part of that drama, actually. And it's no different in this drama. And we see Lee take command of the Korean fleet. And eventually, through very tense moments, um, I did think at one point that they were genuinely going to fight the Japanese at some point. They, The Japanese were able to back down thanks to Lee's, you know, warnings through, like, naval gunfire and, you know, crisis averted. Now, that being said, from a purely narrative and story perspective, I do kind of wonder, um... Why was this conflict, like potential conflict between Japan, put into this drama? Now, I'm not saying that it's bad. Like, I mean, I'm not judging like why they put it in, but I I do kind of wonder to myself now. Now that they 
put the Japanese in here like I do wonder are they gonna have a bigger role in this drama like um because so far for like the first five episodes we don't really see the Japanese mentioned at all aside from like some random bits from Lee talking about what what it, is it like in the kingdom of Korea and it's Suffice to say, it's not that much different in terms of political relations, especially with their neighbors across the sea in Japan. So I do kind of wonder, like, why did they put this in? Like, are the Japanese going to have a bigger role to play in the rest of this drama? Like, this is kind of like a wild prediction. Like, is is Lim going to, like, enlist the help of the Japanese in his fight to take control of the Kingdom of Korea? Like, that would be a very interesting twist if they actually are willing to put that in. Like, I think from a purely, like, story perspective, I think that would be quite interesting, actually, if Lim were to, like, team up with the Japanese to, like, take down Lee and his government, like... <laughs> Wow, like actually thinking about that, I actually kind of hope that actually is the case because just just to see it on camera, like just in a drama, I think that would just that there would be so much chaos created from that and like, I think it'd just be great to watch. <laughs> but yeah, like the if they end up not really like just mentioning the Japanese at all, like like half of this episode is essentially just dedicated to this I guess demonstrating how Lee is not only just a cultural leader of the of his people but also an individual who is willing to lead his country in times of war especially in here because he literally puts himself at the tip of the spear per se in the Korean fleet and I think if worse came if the worst actually came I think he was also willing to sacrifice himself in the name of protecting his country so I guess from a narrative point of view I guess this kind of accomplishes that I guess so I don't know I I guess we'll see if the Japanese do come back but other than that um we do also see actually before Lee goes to war we do see that Taeul actually goes back to her own world in the Republic of Korea before Lee goes off to fight the Japanese and I, I mean, I'm actually kind of glad that they do show that because there was actually a point where they kind of show no context as to how on earth did Taeul go back to her own world. <laughs> I mean, I'd be like hella confused if they didn't like explain that at all, like with no context. But I, I am glad that they do. We do have a scene where Lee basically guides her back to her world before Lee goes off to do his thing. So. Besides that, like in terms of Teir, from Teir's perspective, we do find that Teir doesn't really get to see Lee much during this time. And actually, a lot of time actually passes until she sees Lee again. But during this time, we, we do see more of Teir basically focusing focusing on her normal life as a detective and we also see her continue trying to investigate this case that she's been working on for the past five episodes which my idiot self did not mention in the previous special of how you quickfire which i think 
will actually become really important as Teul, upon further inspection and real and having been able to travel to the Kingdom of Korea, realizes that the audio file she's had in her possession this whole time is actually news broadcast from the Kingdom of Korea, which confirms that you know the person that she's after is actually someone who is traveling in between worlds which is most likely Lee Lim so that link is really interesting like I'm really interested to see how that plays out because now that Teo knows about both universes I think the question of how how like how on earth is she gonna explain this to her colleagues who I think from what I've seen don't really know what is going on so Teu knows that if she would go on to like tell like Shinje and like her team that the recordings are from a different universe she would get the same response that she gave Lee like you crazy <laughs> so I mean it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out um oh and to close the episode, we also see Lee Lim actually travel to Narin, who uh, is actually uh, one of the assistants to uh, Headmaster No in the Repu in the Kingdom of Korea. She Lee Lim actually visits her alter ego in the Kingdom, in not the Kingdom, but the Republic of Korea, and you know that's actually honestly quite frightening because first off. How did Lim know where Narin lives? Because Narin obviously lives right next to Teul and Shinje. Like, what is Lim playing at here? <laughs> it, it'll be, again, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as well. Like, is Lim going to make a move on Teul or perhaps Shinje or even Narin? Like, like we, we, we already know that he is planning his his army of doppelgangers from the king from the Republic of Korea to plant into the Kingdom of Korea to take out Lee Gon. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. We also see the Crown Prince visit Lee and he gives him the autopsy that he was looking for from the from the uh, first four episodes of this drama and we come to find out that the Crown Prince was actually hiding the fact that there was a chance that Lim actually faked his death and that he's on the loose and that and that was basically enough for Lee to realize that Lim was alive and he was planning definitely most definitely planning to basically come after him and take over the country which of course as the audience of this drama we do see and last but not least we see the drama end with Lee Heading back to the Kingdom of Korea to meet Teul, and we have this very emotional scene where Teul runs to him and hugs him, which I guess kind of makes sense, I guess, because I guess the longer that Teul has to wait for Lee, I guess the more that she realizes that, you know, I don't think at this point Teul is like in love with Lee per se, but I think, you know, there's this attachment for him now considering the amount of time that they spend together so there's that and it ends like that with a very nice ballad as most k-dramas do and that 
pretty much ends episode six. So looking back at these two episodes, I think just in terms of plot, it's immediately better than the first four episodes. Like, uh, first off, I'm not as confused in terms of like what is going on. And two, I think we are finally over the hump in terms of like, you know, the, as I mentioned earlier, like the awkward, like, who are you? Like, who are you from? Where are you from? What that kind of thing? Like, I think we are just about over that hill, which I'm really glad that we're kind of over it because, uh, I mean, as funny as it is and it has, and as how, how it makes sense in terms of plot, I'm, I'm glad that that's over with, like, yeah, it's, I don't, as you can tell, I, I'm not really, I didn't really enjoy it really, but I kind of soldiered on because the world building that, just the world that this drama is in, it was enough to kind of keep me going. Um, I mean, speaking of world building, I, I really love the world building that is still going on in this drama. Like, even though we're like six episodes in, like, I think, I think the writers are still trying to establish like the world that is the kingdom of korea which i'm still frankly quite interested in like again like like i think there was a point where like, i mean there was a point where taeul was gonna go on the ctx which is basically ktx or the train the high-speed train that was in the kingdom of korea and i think there was an option where you could go to pyongyang which obviously in the kingdom of korea no South Korean or anyone for that matter, unless of course you uh, you decide to travel to North Korea as a tourist, is not able to do. So, I mean, I think, I'm not gonna lie, I think Taylor was half tempted to actually take the train to Pyongyang to see what it's like, because I think for her, that's something completely new, because, you know, in the Kingdom of Korea, there's no such thing as North and South Korea. It's a unified country, so, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, if I was in Taylor's shoes, I mean, obviously she went to Seoul because she wanted to look for her family and her friends, but if I was her, I would generally take the train to Pyongyang. Because, honestly, like, who knows what Pyongyang is like? Because so far, we've only seen Seoul and Busan. And I I honestly want to see what the North is like. Like, is it, like, futuristic? Is it, like, is it the industrial powerhouse that lee mentions like in the first five episodes like well we don't know so i hope i generally do hope that in this drama we do get to see what pyongyang in the kingdom of korea is like because that's i think that's a question that i do definitely want to get answered but other than that um i think in terms of the relationships between like, especially like taeul and lee i think it's getting better it's getting better developed at least um i mean as i mentioned before we're getting over the hump of getting to know each other and we're actually getting to like the oh i might actually have a connection with you phase which i'm i'm really glad we're getting to that point um but yeah like the side characters in this like especially like young or like basically all the characters in both the republic of korea and the kingdom of korea are very interesting like even like Prime Minister Ku, like, wow, she's she's so assured at her job. Like, especially during episode six, like, you know, like, she is the Prime Minister. And, you know, it's really, really cool to see that. Like, I know, like, based on what I've seen online, like, I know, like, Prime Minister Ku isn't exactly, like, a liked character. But I think she's, like, the example of the quintessential politician. Like, 
she knows what she's doing especially in the political sphere like you you can tell that like what she is doing is basically helping her maintain her influence especially on lee and basically keeping her job as a prime minister because i think it's implied that people in government don't exactly like respect her because i think it's in large part due to her being a woman <laughs> like a young woman especially so you know it's really refreshing to see someone who is so independent very she's she's obviously a very strong individual both in terms of mind and soul so yeah it's really nice to see that and yeah um that's about it really like i'm i'm looking forward to the next episode next episode that will probably come out on friday and then the other episode that will come out the following day so yeah i'm really looking forward to this drama um i mean look i'll admit this drama had a rocky start but i think it's gonna get a lot better and i think i think something big will definitely happen soon like i mean based just based on the preview from episode from episode six something definitely big is gonna happen eventually so I can't wait to see it. So other than that, this is Gian from the K-Poporama podcast signing off. And don't forget to subscribe and like if you do like our content again. Um, we are on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And don't forget that we have tons of social media that you can follow as well. So yeah, that's about it for me. So this is Gian from K-Poporama signing off. See you guys.